And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I know I can lead men. I know I know the game of football and I'm passionate about it. I spent 14 years in a locker room. I went to the playoffs 12 times. I got five dudes in the Hall of Fame that I play with. You don't think I've seen greatness? All right, welcome back. After a doozy of a game, Zach Kiefer here joined by James Boyd. Colts lost another one Monday night to the Chargers. I apologize to everyone out there who had to watch that. We had to watch it from the press box. I know a lot of people came in to Indianapolis and fought the bitter cold to be there for that one. I was impressed with the crowd, to be honest. 20-3 to is the score. It was not even close to entertaining. It was not even close to competitive. The Colts have lost five straight under Jeff Saturday. They are getting progressively worse Every single time we see them, they've lost eight of nine. They're four, ten, and one. James, it felt like a different locker room last night. I know we start with the locker room every week, but I don't need to explain to you guys why this team is bad. You guys all out there that are watching know exactly what's wrong with this team. They changed quarterbacks. It didn't matter. But James, it felt like last night we could tell that this season was and is completely over. Absolutely. You said it after the Minnesota loss, like that took something from this group. I was wondering how they would bounce back. And, and yeah, and they didn't. I don't. I think that they tried, but I don't think effort's been an issue this season. It's just that they're just not good enough. It was the same type of game that we've seen this year. Defense holds, 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 eventually breaks. Offense can't do anything, and the team loses. So – that's what it felt like. That's what it looked like. That's what it's been. And I think you, me, and Bob pretty much had stories that were all tethered together around a season that has become like just unfathomably bad. Like this is not who the Colts have been. This is not who we thought they'd be back in August. No one in that locker room did. Not Obviously not, you know, Jim Ursay himself, but in regards to Jeff Saturday, yes, the team has gotten progressively worse, but it seems like the situation overall has gotten progressively worse because this is a team that I understand that they're going to be top five in the draft, get a really good shot at you know getting a, a franchise, altering player, possibly a quarterback, but they have so many more issues that have been just brought to light this season. I guess if you're looking for a silver lining, it's just that all of this bad stuff is coming to a head at once. Like You're seeing the team and the state of this franchise for what it really is one quarterback is not going to change this. There is so much wrong. Yeah, that's a good point. And and here's the thing, and we'll get into this a lot in the next couple of months. They're going to draft a quarterback. If they don't, the city should riot. Just because you draft a quarterback third or fourth or fifth or sixth overall doesn't mean he's the guy. And then the last two times the Colts have picked someone at the top of the draft, it was no, it was very little doubt that he was going to be the guy. We'll get into that. But, you know, they're they're slated to pick fifth right now, which is a lot better than 14th a couple weeks ago. None of the football matters anymore. The football doesn't matter. All that matters is where you're picking in the draft. This team is broken. It has been for months. But some of these numbers are just, are just staggering to consider. Like, this is an NFL team 
I know this sounds crazy, but they have talent on offense. Like, they still have talent. Like, Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman, and, and I know Taylor's hurt, but, like, Jelani Woods gets, like, one big catch, and then he disappears. And what I'm saying is they're not, like, completely inept on offense, but they are. Like, they shouldn't be this bad, but they are. They had 173 total yards of offense last night. That's the sixth worst of any team in any game this season. A couple spots behind their performance in New England in November, where they had 121. They gave up seven sacks last night. That's 56 for the season. The franchise record is 62. Let's bank on that being broken this year. They were 0 for 10 on third down, for God's sake. 0 for 10, as we both wrote, that's the second time this season they finished 0 for on third down in a game. They were 0 for 14 in New England. Foles, his passer rating was 31.9 last night. That's the worst of any quarterback for the Colts this season, and that's saying something because they've had some bad games. NFL teams average 22 points a game this season. 12 times in 15 games, the Colts have come short of 22 points. They're 31st in scoring, and if you look at offensive points per game, which is probably the most revealing because they've had some help with special teams and defense, they're averaging just 15.6 points per game, which is worse by any stretch of the league except for one team. Thank God for Russell Wilson and the absolute inept Denver Broncos. But you know, they, they hired Jeff Saturday in November thinking he would be tough on these guys and he would hold these guys accountable and he would fix the offensive line. They needed someone to fix the passing game. And whether that was Frank Reich or not doesn't matter, but they needed someone to fix the passing game and they have completely fallen apart in that. Re- it doesn't even look like an NFL offense right now. And that's just sad. It's sad for the fans. It's sad for the players, really, because I think they've resigned to the fact that they're not good enough. It was a weird locker room last night. It wasn't like what we saw in Minnesota. No, no one really stuck around. By the time we get do- we got done talking to Jeff Saturday, Nick Foles, who obviously struggled mightily, the locker room was pretty clear. Like I saw Buck rolling out, you know, fairly soon. And it's not that they're, I don't think that anybody's like running from, you know, talking to the media. It was just like, I'm, I'm ready to go. Like what, what, what is there to say? What are there to talk yeah. about? You're going to ask me the same questions. I'm going to give you the same answers. Exactly. And and I really felt that way talking to Paris. And and Paris is always Shout you know, pretty insightful. Shout out to Paris, insightful. Ryan Kelly. Those guys stay and they answer questions. They do. But at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm just trying anything. And and Paris said it. He, he's like, you know, Jeff said the coach. He, he It was like starting Nick Foles, putting him in there. He's just trying whatever he can. We're, we're all desperate to do something. And I wrote this in my story. It doesn't matter who they started at quarterback. It's just... They're going to struggle. Nick Foles looked awful last night. And I did write in a previous piece, like, it couldn't get any worse than Matt Ryan. And I got a little backlash. It really wasn't any worse, in my opinion, because no matter who's out there. I think this was worse. I mean, just in the grand scheme of things, as far as the quarterback. Three interceptions by the time the third quarter was over. I'm not saying Matt Ryan couldn't do that, but, and I know, I know we're, this is a pointless conversation. You're right. You're right. I, you know, I, I will see you get information and you change your mind. You're actually right. It was worse. <laughs> it was worse. It was so bad. They, this was never competitive. This was no, never, they had yeah. never had a chance. So let's go back to training camp. Like we heard a lot of foals in the season. Like, why don't they go to foals? Why haven't they gone to foals? Well, part of it was because Ursay was curious about Ellinger and they thought a mobile quarterback would help them. We know they were wrong about that, but foals wasn't good in training camp. He was not good in training camp. And they set him up to fail, like they've set up so many quarterbacks to fail this season by having him start this week, having never thrown to the first-team offense since August. Ryan Kelly said last night, I've never snapped to Nick Foles until this week. It's December 27th. Like, this is a terribly run football team that's like you said, James, it's very unserious. But here's the interesting thing. What did Nick Foles say after the game about 
his chance to finally play this season. Yes, that was interesting. And again, I'll admit, Zach got me right there. That, that changed my mind. It was definitely worse, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't matter. But, you know, asked if he was champing at the bit to go out there and play. This was Nick Foles' response. I mean, when I came here, this was Matt Ryan's team, and I still think Matt is a tremendous player, and I think the world of Matt, and I still think, you know, so the answer is no. I was there to support Matt. I believe in Matt. I love Matt. He's been there for me, Sam. The QB room The QB room is strong here. It hasn't been an easy year, but we've always stuck together, and that's been really special, and I've gotten to see Sam and Matt, and he, you know, yada, 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 and he says it again. You know, no. Like, I didn't expect to play. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I did not expect to play. I was not champing at the bit to play because I came here for Matt, and he didn't say it, Frank Reich. So I thought that was very telling. And honestly, we'll see what his decision is, you know, in the offseason. He has another another year on his contract, obviously, and, and money usually gets guys to come back if you can get it. But it sounded like, you know, he was like super philosophical after the game. I asked him what he learned about himself this season, and he brings up his neighbors, and he's like, yeah, you know, people think you're a football guy, and they forget that you're a real person, and, and th- we talk about life, and, and, these, and the relationships we have, they're going to last forever, and it's like, this sounds like a retirement speech. This does not sound like someone who wants to go out there and keep playing these last two games, and again, Paris Campbell said it. He's like, Nick Foles didn't expect to play, and he didn't mean it in a way like, oh, Second this guy- quarterback this season who didn't expect to play whether they admit it or not oh he did and 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 just so we have it on the record sam ellinger did as well i asked him straight up last night as well after the game i was like hey did you expect to play this season he's like no i expected to learn from matt and nick and wait my turn and he's like but i've learned to never expect anything in this league and i think this season has taught all of them that but getting back to to nick Foles, i mean it was just uh, a really weird post-game interview because it just didn't seem like he was gung-ho about going out there and trying to, and I get it. They basically handed him the keys when the season's over, but it felt like he was, you know, defending Matt Ryan and sort of sticking up for the guy who out of all of them was promised the most and has probably gotten the least out of this season as far as, uh, you know, value or, you know, trade-off when it comes to success. And so, yeah, it's it's just another chapter in this sinking ship. That's something I'm going to dig into this week is the quarterback situation as we look into 2023 because nothing matters about 2022 right now, and it's, it's really messy. And let's be clear, Matt Ryan's not the victim here. He came in, and they restructured his deal, and they guaranteed two years' worth of salary, essentially, and he did not meet expectations. That's the reality. They gave a third-round pick, and, and he didn't live up to expectations. There's a lot of things that go into that. There's a lot of context. The line's been terrible. JT hasn't been JT. The play calling, all that. But... The reality is he, he didn't live up to what he was supposed to be. And, and that's really, fundamentally, that's chapter one of why this fell apart this season is the quarterback. And it's the same thing that happened really at the end of last season, although I've written this a lot. It wasn't all on Carson Wentz. And I think the Colts convinced themselves that it was. And they thought if they just replaced one guy, they didn't add anything on offense and free agency. They didn't do anything besides Matt Ryan. And, and that's a story that I have in the next couple of weeks about just how this all crumbled so quickly and so severely, and I've got a lot of inside information that just speaks to a team that doesn't really know what it's doing. But anyway, that's a tease for a story that's coming in in the next couple weeks. Look, I had a long talk with Nick Foles about a month ago, and he made it very clear. He said, look, I'm, I'm here because of Frank Reich. And 
I don't think he wants to come back next year. I don't know if he's going to be asked to be a bridge quarterback for the Colts and, and stay on while they bring along a rookie, but it just hit me last night that I don't think Nick Foles wants to play football next year. I don't think he wants to I don't think he wants to play football for the Colts after the way they did Frank Reich. Is Sam Ellinger here? He's got the cheapest contract of all of them. Foles' contract is guaranteed next year. Matt Ryan's is 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 partially guaranteed and it's enormous. What do you do there? So this is the mess that they've made. This is the bed that they've made themselves, and it's disastrous, and they have to live in it right now, and it's going to get ugly. The good news is you've got that really nice pick coming up, and that quarterback ideally will be on a rookie contract, so that won't set you back too much. But it's just staggering to me how bad offensively they are. I haven't been impressed with Parks Frazier at all over the last month. They can't get third downs. They can't get fourth downs. They can't get fourth and in inches. They can't score touchdowns. What a waste of a season. And some interesting quotes are coming out of the defense the last couple weeks. I feel like these guys have been holding back. You've had these conversations for two months now, James. But interesting one from Bobby Okereke last night. He said, look, this is what Gus Bradley told us. As a defense, we're just trying to dance in the rain right now. That's and it is pouring. It is pouring. That's kind of where they're at. And maybe that means the season. But the reality is the defense knows they got to do everything and they can't. And, and the defense hasn't been perfect, but... I mean, they got the most sacks since 2005. They've been good enough. That's because they've been on the field a ton, but they've also done enough to help them win games more than lose games. I think that's a fair assessment. Like they've done, they've done more good than bad this season where the offense has been usually bad. But here's a question for you. And we talked about this a little bit in the post game, you know, just we were up there pounding out our stories. What can Jeff Saturday say that he made better? For this team, I know he wants to interview for the job. Jim Irsay actually said it, you know, in an ESPN interview. He's like, I believe he's a great candidate for the job. I'm sure he's going to consider him and everyone might laugh at that. But I didn't think he would consider him in the first place. So I don't think anything's off the table as far as, you know, Jeff Saturday. But Zach, what can he stand up in a room full of, you know, Colts execs and say, here's what I improved with this team? Nothing. They're objectively worse. They're objectively one of the worst teams in football. They're in as bad of a situation as they've been in in multiple decades. And it's not a room of Colts executives. It's it's Jim Irsay, who's unpredictable <laughs> yeah, and yeah. strong-willed. Who knows where this goes? It might include Chris Ballard. Now, I reported last week that Irsay plans to bring him back. Irsay repeated that in the ESPN interview yesterday. All I can tell you guys out there, and I know a lot of people are going to be mad about this, but all I can tell you is right now, Jim Mercer's plan is to bring Chris Ballard back. Whether you agree with that or disagree, I'm reporting what the owner is planning to do. Now, everybody out there knows Jim Mercer can change his mind quickly, and he has, and it does him no favors to say, I'm going to fire Chris Ballard at the end of the season, or I'm not sure about, he doesn't do that either. So I'm not taking anything off the table because this season has shown me that anything is possible in a negative way. But I really do think he's going to bring Chris Ballard back. So let's move forward under that assumption. What can Jeff Saturday say? He can't say that I played with Peyton Manning. He can't say that I had a great career here. That doesn't mean anything. This team is demonstrably worse. They're absolutely offensively inept. And short of going out and hired an unbelievable offensive coordinator, I, 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 just, I, just, I can't think of a single area this team is better at with Jeff Saturday. And here's the thing is that, you know, when you come in, into this, you're you're saying 
that Saturday, you know, I'm glad he doesn't have any experience. He's not going to be afraid. Your argument is basically like he hasn't done it before. We'll wait and see. Well, now we see. He has the experience. The experience has been probably better for him. And honestly, if he does want to coach in the future, in like the vacuum that we're in right now, the experience has been terrible for everyone involved. They set him up to fail, and we said that that night. If you want to see if Jeff Saturday is a real coach, don't put him in this situation. They set him up to fail, and he failed. Yeah, and, and he's not absolved from it because he did sign up for it. I mean, he had to know I'm getting in over my head. I don't think he thought that, which is coaching's hard. Like, it's really yeah, freaking I mean, hard at this level. Yeah, and, and I get that. And, and again, like, you can't you just refer skip to steps. It, the Raiders sugar high, and, and, why, and now we're, like, going through all the withdrawals, right? Because it just seems like they can't <laughs> do much of anything right. But I do think that uh, one thing I, I will give some credit for, I guess, to the quarterback room in general, who's shouldered most of the blame throughout this, you know, Frank Reich era, throughout the – the Jeff Saturday era, like they've all owned it at some point. Like, I mean, all of them. And, and, and I even, and I'm sure Sam was probably thinking like, what the heck is this guy doing talking to me for 10 minutes after, after I didn't even play. But I was just curious. I was like, man, how do you all shoulder this burden? He's like, you know what? Like, it is hard. Like we haven't moved the ball. Like all three of us, we all haven't, you know, we, none of us have had an answer. And he's like, that's what we get paid to do. And so, it just feels like this team is so far away and there's going to be some big decisions that have to be made aside from Chris Ballard, just as far as like player personnel, like JT has a contract extension coming up. Do you give him big money or do you not? How do you evaluate that when he, on one hand, since he's gotten into the league, statistically, he's been the best running back outside of Derrick Henry, but also you're looking at us, looking at the film this year, he's been terrible. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we'll get into this, but I think furthermore, this cements it. This throwback model where you run the ball and you win up front, it does not win big in this league anymore. And I have two examples. The Colts are the front and center. The Titans are falling apart. They're, oh they're built the same way, and they're built better in a lot of respects because they're coached better. But they have a star running back, and they've lost five straight. And, and Tannehill's hurt, but even with Tannehill, there was a ceiling you got to have a quarterback, and you got to have weapons on the outside. And the Colts have sort of dabbled in that area, but not committed fully to that. And they've tried to go big up front, and, and their offensive line's falling apart. And the reality is this approach is absolutely broken, and it's wrong, and it will not win in this league. And if Chris Ballard does not accept that, nothing's going to change. And that's, I think, the fear that a lot of fans out there have, is we're not going to spend money in free agency. We're not going to touch. We're not going to add any outside receivers. We're going to grow our own. And you talked about that JT contract. If they pay, and JT's a hell of a player. He's one of the best players in football. But what does that get you? He took over the league last year, and they didn't even make the playoffs. Exactly. And then I do want to touch on this. As great as he is, there are some flaws that we've seen more this season. Yeah, I wonder how that plays in the contract. He's not in there on third downs, you know, some of those times. And it's like, dude, if you're getting paid huge money, you want you want the, a guy like that to be on the field on third down, obviously. But then even more so, more glaring to me is just the pass pro issues. He's had some bad whiffs that have gotten his QB labeled this season. And that, to me, has nothing to do with the line or whatever. That's on you. And he hasn't said it all year. That's on him. And that that's, a, that's a, a, I think, something that's going to be brought up when you talk about big money for a guy like him. But also, you talk about philosophies. Chris Ballard's philosophy in the past, from what you all have told me, what I've read, what I've learned, is that he usually pays his guys, no matter what position it is. He said it like you, the, the player can transcend like the role and get that that big bank. And then basically why Quentin Nelson got a huge contract as a left guard instead of being a left tackle. They're paying a left guard $100 million and they can't get a fourth and inches to save their life. Exactly. But do you go out and then transcend the running back room and, and pay another, you know? So it just seems like there's some decisions that have to be made as far as just the foundation of this team. Everything needs to be reevaluated. Their yes. entire approach, every single piece of this roster, I'm not kidding. Every single piece of this roster needs evaluated. Maybe you give Buckner and Grover a pass, but I'm stopping there. I'm stopping there. I mean, I had a long talk with Stefan Gilmore last night and like, this is a dude that signed with this team thinking he's going to be making a playoff run. He's in year 11 or 12 or whatever it is, and he's like, I'm not here to go home in January. Like, I want to play in meaningful games. And after a long pause, he said, I don't know how it got to this. Like, this is embarrassing. And he's one of the last guys in the locker room because he cares. And I said, how hard is it to just stay locked in? And he's like, it's not that hard because I'm just built this way. This is what I do. But he's like, for the younger guys, yeah, these guys are starting to check out. You could tell emotionally last night. They were just, they weren't broken up by this loss. They weren't. They were just, they, they just have accepted It was matter of fact. Fate. They accepted yeah. the fate that they. It was matter of fact. They just got whooped on national TV and they weren't even competitive. But you're right. And I think that's going to be fascinating. Can Chris Ballard pivot? 
can he change his approach that's proven to be unworkable? And there's a lot on NFL. his plate. And there's a because, lot on his plate. And like you said a minute ago, just because you draft a quarterback doesn't mean you've solved the passing game. No, there's no Andrew Luck. There's no Peyton Manning in this year's draft at all, okay? The Heisman Trophy winner, Caleb Williams, is obviously going to be eligible next year. So, And even he, I don't think, is drawing comparisons to those guys. And so... I just, just me personally, it is very fascinating again. And, and I want to shout out Chap, as I always do. I felt like he was in a, a mode last night on Twitter. He's just, every three minutes, it was like, okay, this is the first time this has happened since 1998. It's the first time this has happened since 2005. This is, and, and when that happens, when you get into that situation where every Colts lost, every time they've done something, it's the worst since this year or the worst since earlier this season. I mean, that's pretty damning as far as how the season has gone Chap and gets where the season is. story written about him and thinks he can just take a night off. And, <laughs> and, and that's but, the thing. Like, but no, seriously. I mean, he's pulling up, you know, times where this franchise was not the one that I remember growing up. I'm only 27. You know, I grew up, you know, with, with the Peyton Manning and then seeing a transition to Andrew Luck and the Colts always won 10 games. That was just like the standard. Like, oh, like they're having a rough year. They'll win 10 games anyway. That's not real. Like, no, they can't. Normal. Like, will they win? A, like, it's, it seems like they can't win a game. And even if they do, it's like the Texans just beat the Titans. Yeah, that's the thing. Know. Like, and here's the thing: I keep coming back to. There's no excuse for this. This is exactly what they built. There's no catastrophic injury that has cost them the season. If Shaq Leonard plays, the defense is better. I ain't throwing this on the defense at all. There's no excuse. They've lost nothing on offense. JT's out at the end, but. Honestly, how much of an impact does that change? He won him a game in, in, in Las Vegas. That was great. But his injuries and his inconsistencies aren't the reason this offense is abysmal this year. It's a part of it. But it starts with the quarterback. And this is the move they made. And it has backfired for the second straight year. And, and there's no excuse. This is the choice they made. And it's completely wrong. And they've and they, just think about, this is what I wrote, like think about how far they've fallen in one year. A year ago, I f- watched a game in Arizona on Christmas night. And they won down nine starters due to COVID and injury. EJ Speed was playing, and Carson Wentz slumped middle, middle of the game and came back and made that great throw at the end to Desmond Patman, who hasn't done a thing this year. And Chris Ballard would call it one of the most meaningful wins of his career, of his two-decade career in this league, and it's all crumbled since. And the cracks started to show at the end of last season. Grand Canyon this year. Just broke apart this year i can't believe it i can't believe it the optimism that they had in august and jim mercy talking about how great they'd solved all their problems and and they go to houston in week one and they tie and that was sort of an omen at how bad this season was going to be they couldn't yeah. even win in houston and here jim we told are us. In, in late december they're the laughing stock of the league because they have an inept coach who can't figure out a single one of these problems they have a poorly built roster and it's just sad it's just sad because they're wasting some good seasons by by Gilmore and by Buck and by Grove and by Zaire. I feel for Buck. Like, Buck had hardly the play of the game yesterday, Dude's at least for the Colts. ass off. Breaks through the line. Dial gets in there as well. He had some flash moments yesterday, and they don't even get a word written about those plays. I didn't mention him in my story, but it's like they get a strip sack fumble, get the ball back. You're inside, like, the you know, basically on your opponent's uh, side of the field, Five or six plays later, they fail on fourth and one, and you're back out there as a defense. Like, that has to be demoralizing to know, like, we gave you the ball. 
It happens like every week, man. 30 yard line. It happens every week. Do anything. And so, yeah, it really felt like, you know, I'll, if it wasn't for that, that McLaughlin, I think 46 yard field goal, they were not going to score yesterday. And, and I'm interested to see how many touchdowns they score if they score a touchdown the rest of the season. Like, that's how bad it looked. Because they solved the kicker problem. I give Chase a contract this year. Oh, he deserves it. He's like the, the silver lining throughout all of this. And honestly, he's probably going <laughs> to. You're going to look back on the season. Oh, that was one of the best kicking seasons in Colts history because that's all they did if they <laughs> ever got close. And so that's true. That's it's true. tough, man. It, it, you feel for guys like Buck, like you said, like Grove, Gilly, Alec Pierce, who got blasted in his first game, had the terrible start to his rookie career, bounced back, made some plays. And as much as they want to push the ball downfield, they pushed it down the field yesterday, but to the wrong team. Yeah, And, and to be honest, those throws – weren't even close. Like they were like they were really that bad. I was debating with people in the press box about who Nick Foles' target was on one of them. I think it was the third quarter one. If he was going deep, it was double coverage, and I don't know why you would throw that. And if you're going short, he missed it by five yards. And this is the thing, and I'm not here to defend Matt Ryan, but if Matt Ryan is anything, he's he's mostly accurate. He's much more accurate than the other two, and we saw this in camp. Nick Foles has a better arm but he's not accurate. He, he's just not consistently accurate down the field like Matt Ryan, and and he can throw it further, but you know that was the crazy part about that Eagles run a couple years ago. He was not just deep with the football, but he was accurate, and he's just not anymore, and he wasn't good in camp, and he wasn't good in the preseason, and he wasn't good Monday night, and those throws were terrible, and this team never had a chance. Like, anybody out there, when it was like 7-3, to three, did you think it was over? Like, I, it was an insurmountable lead. Zach, I looked at you when they went up, I believe, 13 to 3. I was like, it's over. Double it digits. Yeah. If it's like, a two-possession game, it's over. And then even Rodney Thomas the second got his third pick of the season. That's a nice play. Know, early in the game. Great play. I think Zaire deflected it. He, you know, tip drill, he catches it. Does not matter because they can't move the ball. So I think the opening line, actually, my, my piece was something like, none of this is surprising. This was very predictable, but the angle I kind of went with the bigger picture was like that game yesterday was expected, but this season was not like no one expected it to be this bad. And, and just, I guess all around bad. Like it's very hard to find units or ways to quantify positivity for this team throughout the season because they've just gotten progressively worse and guys are checked out. And I, I do think that's a true thing. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like I'm not an indictment of them, I think it's just human nature to I think to reach that point. point. Yeah, because you're playing for pride and then you lose all of your pride by being a part of, you know, the worst loss or biggest blown lead in NFL history. So, yeah. I mean, even Zaire said last night like he's like, "Look, the offense is down three coaches." Like that's not normal. And they don't have any that's answers. Insane for me, for me, it's these last note. two games they don't matter. These last two games don't matter at all. Uh we'll be for in New Jersey for the game Sunday on New Year's Day against the Giants who are playing for a playoff spot, and then we'll be in Indy for the game against the Houston Texans on Sunday, January 8th, I believe it is. But really, for me, the only questions that are left start that day. They start January 8th when we can ask the players, what is wrong with this franchise and what needs to be done to fix it? I want to ask every single veteran in there. And if I get cliches, that's fine, but something's wrong. Because if if this team goes 4-13 and next year, it's not going to feel the same as it does this year. This is an utter and inexcusable disappointment. 
because of the way this team set itself up and because of it, the way it underachieved, what is wrong? Like, what is wrong and what needs to change? And then the following, you know, day or two, we're going to sit down with Chris Ballard. And we have a lot of questions. He hasn't spoken publicly since the night Jeff Saturday was hired. You know, what's the path forward? Do you still believe in your approach? You know, what went wrong? What have you learned about the mistakes you've made? Because you have made mistakes that have set this team back and cost this team games this season. But the reality is this is a very poorly coached team, and it's a very poorly constructed team as well. So I think there's a lot of blame. And then furthermore, you know, the biggest voice in the room, the man that will probably be making the decisions moving forward is Jim Irsay. Where does he stand? He has been very vocal this season. I've talked to him recently about what has been wrong. Is Jeff Saturday a real candidate? Like, can you really defend that? I'm telling you guys, like, don't rule anything out. Don't rule anything out because lying season is starting. Lying season is starting very (laughs) soon. There's going to be a lot of rumors. I'm going to do my (laughs) best, and James is going to do his best to weed weed through the rumors and report what we know to be true. But buckle up. It's going to be a wild couple of months, and we'll see where they end. But it's a sad state of affairs for this team. I felt no juice in the stadium last night. I was there early on the field, and it just didn't have any – there was just no energy. There was no vibe. It was Monday Night Football, and ESPN didn't even bring it set. Like, I don't think it was travel. I don't think it was the cold. I think they just said, why are we going to travel for this game? There's just no point. And that's where the Colts are at. Honestly, and then, you know, you got, you know, 60-plus thousand fans there. They showed up. I was impressed. Gave them what they had and honestly held on until, I believe, the third quarter before they started booing when, because it was just that bad. I believe it was after the third interception when they just got fed up. They started booing, and then they started, we want Sam. We want Sam. So we got a little bit of both. Will we see another quarterback change this season? No, I don't think so. <laughs> like We asked him Saturday last night, I... and he said, no, we're going to roll with Nick. And like honestly, if you're thinking tank, Nick Foles is the perfect guy. Like they're right. not winning. They're not winning. But that's also I, why I don't I was think they're beating like, the Texans. They could get up yeah. to. They could I'm not gonna lie, Zach. In this draft. I expected him to just say like, "Oh, it's week to week." He he he's all in on on Foles. But what did he tell Nick the at the end of the locker room? You saw it. Yeah, he said, "You know, six six more days until you're back out there." Gave him a fist pound and a vote of confidence. And I was just thinking, you know, like I ended the story with, 13 days until the season is over. 13 days until it really starts, really. The real season starts, like the offseason. Yeah, absolutely, because this this is, I mean, it's it's far, in a way, some of the worst football in the NFL as far as what they're putting out. Yeah, I've, I've, covered, I've covered really bad seasons before, but in, in 17, they were competitive with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, they were a bad team that couldn't protect, but they were competitive in a lot of those games, and, and you understand why they were so bad. They lost their franchise quarterback. And then in 19, they started 5-2 and two before they fell apart. And, and you could, again, you could understand why. But this is just a completely different type of disappointment. And I salute you guys out there, the fans that showed up at the game and the fans that are still interested and the fans that are still watching until the final buzzer because this is hard. This is hard to watch. And it's sad where this team is at. And they have no one to blame but themselves. But we're going to be there every step of the way. James has a big story coming out on Zaire Franklin soon. I'm working on the future of the QB position, which is very much up in the air. And I'm working on another story that I mentioned earlier about just how this all fell apart from the inside, starting with where it started last year and the cracks we started to see. But um, thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. A belated Merry Christmas to everyone and a Happy New Year. We will be there in New Jersey on Sunday. 
get to spend the New Year's Eve holiday in a hotel room in New Jersey. So we signed watching up for the college it. football playoffs. So there yeah, you go. we'll be watching. Maybe we'll go to a bar and find that. Um, <laughs> we signed up for it. We're not quitting now. We'll be there through every step of the way. Two games to go. So for James Boyd, this is Zach Kiefer. Thank you for listening to One Percent Better, and we will catch up with you guys next week.